Hey everybody, what's up? This is DC Smith, your host with the most, your host of DC Loud. Today it is September 1st, 2021, and you see the title today, it's called Gentrification, the Destruction of Home. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say that I apologize for not like releasing an episode in almost two months, totally my my fault. Um, over the summer, I was caught up with summer school and just working and traveling and stuff. So um, I'm getting now like back into recording episodes, pre-recording and like releasing them every week. Um, so totally apologize to anyone who's been checking up on me to see like, you know, if I'm releasing anything or anything like that. I'm alive. I'm still keeping DC Loud going. So there's no one on the loudspeaker today. Um, but I do want to talk about gentrification and some of you might be like, okay, like, what does that mean? And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. So if you have me on Instagram, uh, Facebook or, uh, Snapchat, you, um, you probably seen this past weekend that I was in Maryland. And when I was in Maryland, I went to Baltimore and I went to Annapolis and Annapolis is the capital of Baltimore. I mean, <laughs> Maryland, but, um, but Baltimore is a pretty like famous, like popular city in Maryland, but it's, you know, run down. And I personally didn't like this city like that, but I spent the day in Baltimore and something I noticed was gentrification. So um, me and my friend, I was going, I wanted to find something to do. And so I looked up on Google things to do in Baltimore. And the first thing that popped up was uh, going to Edgar Allan Poe's house. So he was like a really huge influential um, po- poet or like writer, artist um, back in the day. I don't remember what time like it was. Actually, I can look it up real quick. But um. Yeah, he was born in the 1800s. Oh, this is 1800s. Okay, okay. He was born in the 1800s, and he was an American writer, poet, editor, and like literary, literary uh, critic. So anyway, I wanted to go to his house, and when I seen the picture of the house on Google, it looked pretty old, like, right? Like, I could tell it was from the 1800s, 1900s. Like, it wasn't nothing modern. And so when me and my friend pulled up to his house, um, like, around the area, we knew, like, I knew, at least, that I was in low-income, like, I was in a low-income area, like, all the apartments looked the same, looked run down, like, the people outside, I don't want to ever, like, uh, judge anyone, per se, but, you, you know, like, when you grow up in that type of setting, you, like, you know, and so, um, I realized it, and I was like, okay, where's his house at, because all these houses and apartments were looking the same, so I really didn't know where I was at, then I seen a group of people really stood out to me, these white people, these Asians, and everything, like, they were just really standing out, and I was like, okay, it must be over here, me and my friend go over there, and then I see these signs, and it's his house, I didn't know I needed a ticket, so I never went in there, but I did see pictures inside the house, but I never went in there, just to let you guys know that, and so, when I stood outside the house, because the people were staring at me and it was like, you know, frustrating me, I took a picture of the house and I saw the apartments in the back, like their apartments, like all over and they're low income. And right across the street was these modern high rises, really nice high rises. If you've ever been to Indianapolis or any uh, met- metropolis city, you know them, like really nice apartments that like they keep constructing. It was like those. And I was like, huh, I took a video of it and I said, hmm, they're doing it over here. And it starts with a G, gentrification, right? Some people support it, some people don't. Me, personally, I've never really been a fan of it. Um, I, I didn't know about the terms, like terms like that, like redlining, gentrification, and stuff like that until um, 2019. I went to uh, Washington, D.C., and I uh, went to the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. And that's when I was, like, I was introduced to that world of, like, racial... Um, or just discrimination against different types of people or African-Americans, okay? Um, 
so my friend and in the car I mentioned it like I wasn't thinking too much of it and my friend they was just still like talking about it they're for gentrification they're like they're like oh you know people keep glorifying the hood like I think gentrification is good like 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 how is it not good to take them people out and and to make it look better and to put in new businesses and make it look cleaner and safer and he's just saying like it's community development and and that's the thing that really caught my attention I'm like um okay Okay, I personally was not in the mood to have a discussion. I, I'm, it's, it's not that I'm some narrow-minded person, but I was going like I was under the wind. Like my my ear was popped, y'all. I couldn't hear nothing. I was going through it, so I really wasn't in like a huge like passionate discussion mood like I would be right now. But um, I was like telling them what I thought, and you know they kept going back how the people are like glorifying the hood and things like that, and like why would someone be against gentrification? But the thing that I kept trying to tell them is that there's a difference between community development and neighborhood revitalization and gentrification there's a huge difference okay so i'm gonna get into it so uh there's going to be two types types of definitions and when you have a debate with someone a debate not an argument when you have a debate with someone or even a discussion it is best to define your terms guys i'm telling you this right now it is best to define your terms to that person because some people might try to like screw up what you're saying it's kind of like when you're like I remember back in the day, um, I would see posts or like even now, and like if, if I would de debate with other black person, some black people believe that racism, black, like black people cannot be racist, right? They say it's like a power structure thing and black people don't have enough power to be racist towards anybody. And you have black people who believe black people can be racist. And so when you have these black people who come up with these different definitions, it's like, it's kind of hard to have an actual discussion. So you have to be on the same playing field or at least just be able to tell someone like, this is what my definition of racism is. So, so you know what you're talking about because I know I told someone what racism was and they're like, oh, the white man made that. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't even want to talk to you no more. <laughs> I'm not trying to get off topic, but okay. So when you go on Google, um, when you go on Google and you look at gentrification, it's going to say the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in. Improving housing and attracting new businesses, typically displacing current inhabitants in the in the process, right? And then my friend, he was, I was telling him what gentrification was and how like, you know, it's displacing people. And he's like, he's like, gentrification is when you make something better. And I'm like, what dude? <laughs> so I go on Google, right? Cause I'm like, what is he talking about? And uh, the other definition says the process of making someone or something more refined, polite and respectable. I'm like, you know, nobody now is talking about gentrification in that way. Like, I'm sure there's some people who are, but that's why it's great to like, def you know, define your points. Because the whole time I'm saying what I got to say, this man is just like, it's good because it's making it better. It's making it better. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And he was going off of that. And I'm like, okay, but if we're going to have this discussion, this is the term I'm, I'm referring to when they're displacing the people and when, and when, and when wealthy people come in, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some process and make it something more refined, polite or respectable. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if you want to talk like that, then, you know, I can switch it to that. Then there's another definition that I got from the urban displacement project. Sorry, guys, let me pull it up real quick. Um, this definition says, why do I not have it? I'm so sorry, guys. Ah, I feel so bad. Okay. Um, a process of neighborhood change that includes economic change in a historically disinvested neighborhood by means of real estate investment and a new higher income residence moving in, as well as a demographic change, not only in the term in terms of income level, but also in terms of changes in the education level or racial makeup of residents. Right. So um, in a nutshell, if you don't understand what gentrification still is, um, it could be. Uh, OK, so to explain it to a kid, 
rich people move in an area that because of the low property value and then like and then that's where the poor people live because it's cheap for them you know and then the rich people investing in the neighborhood get these businesses or these apartments or whatever it may be it raises the property value so like middle class or high class people come into the area and then those poor people have to leave like they like either like there's different types of ways they get displaced but essentially they they move out the way right um that's that's what it is if you didn't understand like everything else so i have a lot of i have a lot of notes on it um with with gentrification there's a lot of like misconceptions of it um like people who say it's community development you have people who say it's neighborhood revitalization and i'm going to go into later like what these actual definitions are and like how they differ even with community development and neighborhood revitalization um people like to say you're keeping out crime and you're making it look better like what's the issue you got people saying people want to glorify poor and uh, the hood people do what they want with their money that's that's really popular people are like there's nothing wrong with gentrification because people are doing what they want with their money right um so i'll read i'll read this post that i had and um i i made a post and i said i'm in the mood for a gentrification podcast episode what y'all view on it had someone comment on it they said i'm for it they said i prefer anyone with money regardless of color coming in and fixing up neighborhoods versus sitting down there uh being broken down and dangerous because we want to keep the neighborhood black i'm like why are you saying black though they said because majority of the neighborhoods that complain about gentrification tend to be black and then he was going on about that that someone said gentrification drew said gentrification is only unethical or quotes bad if the funds used are coming from the government through the expense of the taxpayers otherwise if an individual uses his or her private funds to invest into those areas for whatever reason then it's a thousand percent fine then that's when kevin said gentrification is juice is a juicy virtue signaling term cannot win while the finger quotes white flight narrative still exists it's never it's it's just another de demonstration of never satisfied we want better hoods better jobs facilities uh competitive prices will show their a's like their butts uh in these local areas right and then he was like it's definitely not that black and white in my view but that's what it boils down to essentially and then that's when they're like going on and on. And I really want to have um, Drew onto a podcast episode in the near future. Um, I, I've i heard of virtue signaling. I used to, because um, I don't want to use the term out of my butt because I haven't used that term in a long time. But uh, virtue signaling is the practice or action of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral, co or moral uh, correctness of one's position on a particular issue. So like basically, um, it's like when... It's kind of like when white people talk about black, like talk on an issue with black people and like try to be offended for them in a way or like, hold on, I actually, why is my Wi-Fi doing this? Okay, hold on guys. I actually can find an um, example on it. Okay, yeah, well, it's not really popping up right now. So we're going to do that later. Um, I'll, here's an example, actually. Um, no i'm good okay because it's not really popping up for me but i i would feel like it would be like that um but like them pretending to be offended about something when it's not really that big of a deal um just to show that like they're really for black people and black lives matter you don't have to do all of that <laughs> anyway so um uh yeah a lot of people talk about gentrification and like the misconception of it okay you know they're like it's you know the community development and stuff like that so the purpose 
the purpose of gentrification, you know, money hungry to capitalize a low on low property values. The process is to inflate property values, displace low income, historical neighborhoods and to change the culture. Right. Um, you might think like, what does it look like? So I have a lot of notes about it. Right. If you guys see my notes, you'd be like, wow, they're so sloppy. I had to like redo them <laughs> anyway. Um, so it looks like real estate speculation, investors flipping properties or having high development for a large profit landlords wanting to pay like they want higher paying tenants um increased city investments parks better public transportation you know you've been seeing like these these different investments within the city um it might even be like the your city never really had nature around now they're having like all these types of like plants and everything like invested in the city and stuff like that um the change in the land use from industrial like type of area to restaurants and bars and boutiques and malls and stuff to attract like more people into the area a change in culture um of the neighborhood to cater to the new demographics of the people who are coming in increased police presence to make the new residents feel safe and nonprofit and cultural businesses leaving um because their target audience is displaced um so who's affected there could be to me like because I'm going to double check this, but um, I know a majority of people who are affected by gentrification, it's going to be black and brown like people, but anybody can be affected by gentrification. If you are in a low property area, like if it's like, because because it doesn't have to just be a black issue, right? It's not just a black issue because some white people, some low income white people move, they have to move to their displaced too. But African-Americans, um, even Hispanic people and stuff like that, uh, it said that they're affected at like disproportionate like rates, like like black people are affected by gentrification like way higher than like a white person would be. But like all races would be affected by, you know what I mean? Like like if you're in that area, you're still going to be affected by it. But you might not have a lot of like Asians being affected by gentrification. You know what I mean? Like you might not have a lot of like white people being affected by it. But it happens. But black people and these brown people are affected by a lot. I do want to give my credit to the Urban Displacement Project and Stacey Sutton. She's a professor. Um, she's a professor at uh, the University of Illinois, uh, Chicago. She's really good. She's really smart. College of Urban Planning and uh, Public Affairs. So I definitely would say to check her out. Um, anyways, to get more into it. So yeah, I, I, I let I let you guys know like um, who's being affected by it. But it, I do want to like really like emphasize and restate that all races can be affected by it, not just like African-Americans, but those are the ones who are affected like at a higher rate, okay? Anyway, let it be known that anti-gentrification is not hood glorification. That's something, oh my gosh, let me say that again. Anti-gentrification is not hood glorification, okay? So basically the purpose of this episode is just for me to inform people like what it is and what it isn't right i'm not trying to make you you know view something a type of way because i'm all for community development you want to be a politician and things like that i'm all for making a city like that was crap become to something good that was like you know like if it's bad it had crime be something good i don't want to push nobody up I'm, i i don't want to push nobody out of the city that you know that that they call home out of a town that they call home you know you got to start from the bottom up that's the purpose of community development you're not like okay let me let me get into it later so anyway there's three key things to consider when you're talking about gentrification right um so you have historical conditions um that were given to these cities to make to to make these cities like us uh, sub, susceptible to gentrification okay make, i had to make sure i said that word right if i didn't my bad susceptible okay the second one's going to be investment and policy decision um the way that central cities invest and disinvest into like these cities um 
and the community impact taking um, taking place today and how um, gentrification impacts the community. Anyway, 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 anyway. So um, there are the po- these are there are policies created. There are policies created um, to how do I explain this? There are like these racialized policies created to basically um, leave low income areas um, gentrified. But there's different processes to go about it. Hopefully that's making sense. I, I don't think I'm wearing that right. Anyway, so you have redlining, white fly, urban renewal, disinvestment, subprime lending, and foreclosure crisis. So when it comes to redlining, like I told you guys earlier, I learned about this in, tw- in 2019. I was like 16 or 17. It was like June of 2019. So I was uh, I was 16 when I was at that museum. And I still really couldn't grasp it all the way because it was new to me. Like, like I'm really thinking like y'all really cutting off people from getting housing and loans and stuff like that because of the color of their skin. Like that for some reason that didn't click with me i'm like y'all y'all tripping but i had to understand you know jim crow back in the day like it was way different than it is now but we do have black people we have better opportunities right we have like anyone has any minority right we have more opportunities than we did in the 60s right so i'm not going to front and make it seem like we don't got nothing that we can't do nothing that that's more of a mindset but i like to think that gentrification is not something that has to happen because you can have like your community development you just have to work with the community but again i'm, I'm going to get into that into a minute um so i was talking about redlining so let me pull up my notes. So redlining. So basically, back in the 1930s and like, let's say like the 1920s to like the 1960s or something like that. Um, African American. Okay, so there were maps, right? There were maps where who you could lend to, and like the predominantly black areas were considered to be unsafe or like bad places to really like invest in or anything like that or give loans to. And so like a lot of African Americans were denied, like or at least a lot of minorities were denied loans. And these loans could help them buy houses, could help them like invest in their to their communities. And so like it's just like you know pushing them under, not really letting them do anything with themselves. Um, just like this continuous like cycle. I'm sorry, y'all. This continuous cycle of like not being able to do anything because they keep getting denied like something pretty basic. So there might be another definition. A lot of you might be like, why is she all over the place? I'm not all over the place, y'all. I'm not because if you see an organized I was before kind of just look up stuff as it goes redlining in the United States and Canada redlining um, is the systematic denial of various services to residents specific often racial associated neighborhoods or communities either explicitly or through selective raising of prices right okay um then you have the other terms white flight so white flight is when it's not really an economic issue um it's more it's a racial issue so by definition, I think they call it white exodus too, but it would just be when um, when when diverse groups move into white neighborhoods, white people leave, right? And that was really common like back in the uh, mid-1900s. Uh, but when that happened, it left, it let these, like, it left some of these uh, cities at a disadvantage, right? They're kind of like, you know, like abandoned houses and stuff like that. A lot of people not moving into them. And so more people are moving into these houses that were affected and to these areas that were affected by white flight. Crazy, right? But, you know, it's low property, low property values. Um, I really don't, I mean, by definition, you know, you would say white flight is bad because, like, why are you moving? Because, like, me- like, like some Hispanic people or, like, almost said Mexicans, like, some Hispanic people are, like, moving next to you. You know what I mean? Or black people are moving next to you. Like, why would you, that, that don't make sense to me. But, you know, you know, to, to each their own. It was a different time back in the day. 
So I'm not gonna like cuss out at a, at a white person now because like, like what? They, like they're not doing that. I mean, unless someone is, then you know, it's like, okay, that's bad. But like, I'm not gonna cuss out someone's like great grandma. Like it was a different time back then. I, I don't think it was right, but it was a different time back then. But like I said, people came back to the disinvested neighborhoods because of affordability such as white flight. So is white flight, you know, wrong? Um, I feel like that's up to a person's interpretation of it. Um, everyone thinks something differently. The thing with this podcast is that you don't have to agree with somebody as long as you understand what they're coming from. A lot of people start saying you're race baiting and da, da, da. you're not finding no solution for anything. If you just like, if you think what you think, like if somebody does not agree with gentrification, then that's, they just do not agree with it. And if someone does, then someone does like, you have to have balance in the way that people think regardless of whatever spectrum it's on, like seriously. And a lot of people, when they're like trying to get all down your throat and like trying to make you think like them and trying to make you seem like you're stupid and stuff like that, they, they're, they're very narrow-minded. Like I said, if you do not, if you support gentrification, that's not me. Right. But I'm going to find a way to like not let that happen right but you know people are going to think what they want to think i can't like put them on a pole and like say think like me like people are crazy anyway so there's different types of displacement we have direct indirect and cultural displacement so direct displacement um i can give more more an example this is like more of people who are just like 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 the term you're you're affected directly by gentrification so by the way this is going to be a two-part series um, so say for example, you live in Chicago and your rent is like 1200, right? And your lease is going to be up in 60 days and your, uh, landlord tells you, okay, um, your, your rent's going to be $3,000. Who, who's going to afford that? Who's going to afford like all of that money in, in 60 days, right? So like you have no choice but to leave. At least like a lot of people don't have a choice but to leave unless you get a better job or you had thousands saved up. But a lot of people just got to get up and leave. Indirect displacement. Now, to me, that definition is a little bit tricky. So I will read it off of the Uprooted Project. In indirect displacement refers to changes in um, refers to changes in who is moving into a neighborhood as low-income residents move out. In a gentrifying neighborhood, when neighborhoods are vacated by low-income residents, other low-income residents cannot afford to move in because rents, rents and sales ha prices have increased. This is also called exclusionary displacement. Low-income residents can um, also be excluded as a result of discriminatory policies. For example, a ban on tenants with housing vouchers or changes in land and use uh, land use or zoning that foster a change in the character of residential development, such as eliminating units for households without children. Okay, and then we have cultural displacement. Um, this occurs of a scale. This occurs as the scale of residential change advances. Shops and services shift to focus on new residents. The character of the neighborhood is transformed and the remaining residents may feel a sense of dislocation despite uh, remaining in the neighborhood. So when I first learned about indirect displacement, that's like cultural displacement was basically like intertwined with this. So like that's how I always like took it was like, OK, indirect displacement is when you have like someone who is protected by whatever their housing thing is, whatever section A, whatever house public housing assistance thing they have. And then the people that they're around end up moving out. And then they're, they're, they're in this new, they're like in the same area, but it's different now. So they like, they feel a, a sense of, um, a sense of not belonging. You know what I mean? And like a lot of them can like fall into like this, like state of depression and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so 
I'm going to get more into like what community development and neighborhood revitalization is, okay, and what it looks like. So community development, um, when you go on Google, you can find find this. Community uh, members come together to take collective action and generate uh, solutions uh, to common problems, right? The goal, working to make the people aware from various uh, problems in the community. So this is more of a bottom-up thing. This is when you like invest in the community and... uh, you all work together to make like some type of solution, right? Um, and then you have neighborhood revitalization, which is a collaborative approach to improve quality of life for all residents in a neighborhood. Um, in a neighborhood, so you can look up the actual like definite uh, definition and like the difference of it. So um, in contrast, so like the the difference between neighborhood revitalization and gentrification, like if it's not the same or not, and gentrifying neighborhoods, the community transitions to an exclusive community inaccessible to those who once called it home. So when you have neighborhood revitalization, you're focusing on these areas such as health, education, amenities, economic opportunities, transportation, community housing, health, and safety. Um, but you don't have to c- kick out the people that live there. I don't know why I can't click any of these pictures on Google, but whatever. Um, so you don't have to kick out the people who live there, right? And it's not hood glorification. Like, I want a lot of people to know that is that when you, like, the, I, okay, people's main issue when it comes to gentrification is people getting kicked out in the process. That's like, that's the main issue with it. Like, I actually, I had a quote save somewhere that I'm going to find. I'm going to read it to you guys. I don't, this might be a part two. Okay. There can be benefits to gentrification, but only to long-term residents who are not pushed out. Development without displacement is key. Uh, fighting against displacement rather than fighting against development should be the focus, right? But would it be gentrification if you're, you know, not like if you're not removing those people, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, wouldn't that just be green development? Um, so there could be different solutions to it. Solutions to how, so like things of like how to ameliorate uh, gentrification. Number one, policies with rent control to something, uh, you can have something implemented to help with land tax uh, for vulnerable uh, renters. Three, um, acting early to prevent it. And four, reinvesting into cities to avoid this problem. So when you look up solutions of how to um, like avoid or, or how to solve gentrification, you provide renters with the opportunity and financing to purchase their units, preserve and expand public housing, protect elderly and long-term residents from property tax increases, and enforce building codes and offer easy options for renters to, um, what is this? Hold on, y'all. Uh, for renters to, um, uh, Okay, actually, I don't know what I was talking about. But basically, it's more of just, like, saving these, like, groups of people and, like, not having their, like, taxes increase. So, I'm probably not going to make this a part two because that's kind of doing too much. A lot of people do consider gentrification to be a social justice issue. My issue with it is just, it it doesn't need to be done. Like, gentrification doesn't need to happen. So, there might be some who might try to beef with this, but I'm just speaking it for more of, like, what it actually is. Because it's the misconception of what... My issue is the misconception of gentrification. As long as you know what it is and what community development is and what neighborhood revitalization is and how to solve gentrification, how to point it out, how to stop it, then, you know, then then we can go from there. I have another episode that I'm going to have coming out soon that I hope to come out soon with this man that I met in Baltimore. His name was uh, Ronald Miles. 
really really great man he was from he's from the frat the, the fraternity uh i think it's called omega sci-fi or mega phi sci i'm probably saying it wrong but i do want to have like interview with him so he can explain everything from his point of view as growing up in baltimore um he's like he was told me he was like 72 years old we took a picture and everything it was it was a great talking to him for like 45 minutes in the parking lot after i left the like great blacks wax museum but i have some something to talk about that too coming up in future episodes about about uh slavery and museums all the time and african-american museums but anyway like i said that is what gentrification is gentrification is when you have wealthier people moving into these areas and then um and then the poor people usually having to like move and get like kicked out within the process but there's different types of displacement so basically with this episode this is up to you to choose how how do you view gentrification do you support it do you not are you in defense um, and which terms can you use? Which terms, not I'm going to say can, but which terms should you use for now on? Because again, now you know what it is. Now you know what it's not. So when you see somebody in the street talking some hoopla about, oh man, um, people glorifying the hood, da, 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 that's not what it is. That's not what it is. Because you can, when you're in community development and neighborhood revitalization, you, you can make your community safer. You can make it better. You just have to, but the thing is, is that everyone has to want it. Everyone has to want it. If no one, I don't want to say if no one wants to want it, but if, if you have to at least have like a group of people, like a little coalition thing going on for like your neighborhood to actually be better. Because when you don't have a lot of people fighting the same fight as you, it's going to be really hard. Then you're going to have those wealthy people taking over. You're going to have the landlords giving, giving away your like renting your uh your like spaces and stuff like that because they want the money people just trying to survive and you know do what they want to do with their money right like like I, I guess that that's what it all boils down to people wanting to do what they want with their money but people still having the choice to speak on gentrification right people still having the choice to to say hey i'm not for that right but anyway, this is uh, DC Smith, your host with the most, your host of DC Loud. If anyone has any topics they want me to talk about or anything, any questions about this episode, then I definitely can elaborate a little bit more on it. But there will be like basically a part two, an interview uh, segment with Ronald uh, Miles, the community developer, developer in uh, Baltimore that I met. Um, so hopefully you guys really enjoyed this. Please give me feedback. I know I haven't had an episode in about almost two months. So like definitely catching up with a lot of things, getting into the swing of things again um definitely expect video this year before the end of the year i promise you guys that because i have a lot of pictures i want to show you a lot of things a lot of hand gestures i'd be doing and it'd be way easier to explain myself instead of like seem like i'm talking to circles or going crazy so you guys have a great day on this september 1st peace